All right, everybody, welcome in to the West Side Sports Podcast. As always, I am your host, Dakota Ezri. If this is your guys' first time listening to the show, welcome. This podcast is free and available on all platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Samsung Podcasts, I Index, iHeartRadio, much, much more. Uh, today's podcast is going to be a longer one today. This has been a uh, project I've been working on for the last week or so. I got a couple topics I'm going to dive deep, deep into today. Uh, kind of a, just a new overall flavor for you guys. My normal podcasts are usually between 15 and 25-ish minutes. Sometimes they run 30. I think today's is probably going to run 30 to 35, maybe a little bit longer, but we'll see what happens when we get there. If you guys enjoy the content and the, and the contents and the topics and the conversation I'm bringing to you today, please do me a favor and subscribe. Leave me a rating and share this on any platform possible. I would much, much appreciate it, and thank you so much for guys for doing that, if you do feel obliged. As always, we're start out with Around the World. Former 49ers running back Frank Gore was charged with assault in a domestic violence investigation this last week. Uh, not many more details have been brought to light. When I get more information upon that, I will bring it to you as I get it. Mitch Trubisky was named as the starter for the uh, preseason game on Saturday uh, versus the Seattle Seahawks. Geno Smith will start for the uh, Seattle Seahawks when it comes to that. Mitch Trubisky is leading the the quarterback competition in Pittsburgh over Kenny Pickett. LIV golf tour uh, players have requested to play in the FedEx Cup for the PGA. Their request has been denied by a judge. Sean McVay has received a new contract, but however, the details will not be released until GM Les Snead's contract is finalized and, uh, I don't know what the better term is I'm looking for, uh, just kind of made formally and a formal announcement. And then once the announcement's made for Les Snead, then Sean McVay's will probably happen in the same press conference if I were to imagine that happening. So during the next probably week or two. Former Washington State University football coach Nick Rolovich has filed a lawsuit for wrongful termination after refusing to re- to get the COVID-19 vaccine. He's seeking $25 million in uh, money for the lawsuit due to wrongful termination. Um, I don't know what really to talk about this more than besides for the fact this is an uphill battle for Rolovich considering uh, the uh, basis uh, that he was removed from his position for. Uh, vaccine requirements are made by the state governor. Obviously, you know, you either received the vaccine or you had an exemption. I'm not going to get too deep into that because that's not what I do on here. But um, not a great look for Nick Rolovich if he's trying to get another head coaching job somewhere in either the Pac-12 or another, you know, maybe a D2 school. This isn't exactly the way to go about doing so. It kind of leaves a bad taste uh, in the mouth of your previous employer, which as we all know, when you're looking for a new job, they will call your previous employer and ask about how you were at your at your place of employment and how you did at your position. But that's kind of what I have to do on that today. Deshaun Watson has, uh, the Cleveland Browns have stated that he will start in their preseason game this weekend. And uh, it's been an uh, interesting week overall. The NBA has announced that Bill Russell's number will be uh, no longer ever used or allowed to be worn by another player, which is the least they should do considering how great he was for the sport and as well as many, many other professional sporting franchises across the world. Mariners, I got a heck of a lot today. You guys are going to enjoy this. I hope you do. Uh, I got a couple players I'm going to dive deep into and give you kind of the future of where they sit with this team and why I feel that way. But first off, we're going to do roster moves. Obviously, as we saw yesterday, I'm going to give a uh, yesterday's game recap as well as the series win versus the Yankees first time in 20 years after I get done with the roster moves. Diego Castillo was reinstated from the 15-day IL as well as Dylan Moore. Brennan Bernardino was optioned to AAA as well as Kyle Lewis. 
Uh, Robbie Ray was pretty good yesterday. wasn't great. Stuff played out pretty well. Uh, above average on the slider. Fastball was doing well. Not many four seams. Only 24 seams out of his 117 pitches, I believe it was yesterday. So he went a little longer, but they needed it, obviously, because of the long game. That was absolute chaos yeah, um, the day beforehand. I got to give some serious shout-out and love to Scott Service. And for all the people, I will be... I gotta say it. I gotta on. I got. I will own it. I will take it inside the chops. I got broad shoulders. I'll take it. I was one of the people that began to question whether or not Scott Service was the right person for this team. I have no problem admitting that because for those who listen to this podcast, and if I were to say something differently, you guys would call me out for it, and I would be wrong. So I would be the one to say I had questions. And do I have questions now? Oh heck no. No 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 no. You know the baseball game, the whole season, for lack of a term, right? It's a roller coaster ride. It's up. It's down, it's left, it's right, it's a corkscrew, it's crazy, right? That's why we love baseball. Baseball gives us one of those uh, outs that we're looking for, a release from the world and society, and so it makes people bond and come together for one common cause, such as sport, such as a team. And, you know, this team, this Mariners team, exemplifies so many things in this world right now that we're dealing with on a daily basis. So many people are struggling on a daily basis with mental health health and physical and mental abuse and so you know and living paycheck to paycheck and just trying to make things ends meet and it's not an easy world that we live in you know coming through a pandemic first time in god knows how many years this has not been an easy time to live you know people will say you know life is what you make it well it hasn't exactly been the easiest deck of cards for everybody to say the least um you know i've part of the reason why i've been able to podcast more often to be honest with you guys is giving you a different you know level on this I've been recovering from major injury for almost a year now, be a year and like a couple of days. And, you know, by the grace of God and all of my great, you know, my great friends and the woman that I love so much, she, you know, it's created a positive surrounding circle to allow me to get back to myself and, you know, and remember to love yourself. And if you love yourself and be positive and ingratiate yourself with other good people around you, the great things can happen. Right. And the reason why I'm talking about this is because the Mariners bring that same sense of compassion and warmth and family and just, you know, our environment just brings people as one. And that's what's a great one of the best things about being a fan of a team like the Mariners or any team that struggled for so long. The Browns. Right. And obviously the Browns are dealing with their, you know, Deshaun Watson issues. But What I'm talking about with this is just the bonding nature that baseball brings to people worldwide, nationwide, countywide, the whole nine yards. And it's a big reason why I'm such a sports junkie, for lack of a term. I'm a, you know, I live and breathe for sports because it brings moments that you remember for the rest of your life is saying, oh, was I at that ball game? Do I remember watching that moment? You know, what was that like? And then it takes you right back to that moment and you're able to just have that, you know, just that memory of the the, the taste in your mouth. Like you just like you go to a restaurant and you get that, that plate, that meal, you get that biscuits and gravy or you get that great Italian food that's, you know, freshly handmade and pressed and, you know, it's that that's the stuff that makes it great. And that's why sports is such a beautiful thing. And baseball, 162 game roller coaster, there's nothing quite like it. I just kind of want to talk about that for a minute. I know that for a lot of people, myself included, you know, 
every day is different. But having that game at 7 o'clock or one ten or 6.30 or, you know, today or on a Friday when we were in Texas, it's going to be different, obviously. But I love this team. This Mariners community is a beautiful thing. They pick up. They carry other people. You know, people are in down times. And just seeing the responses on Twitter lately have been a just a pleasant reminder that there is so much good in this world and sports and baseball and and quite frankly this Mariner team is doing a hell of a lot of things good things for good people okay so I just want now that we're done with that um and I you know if you guys enjoy those rants or like not rant but just that kind of a deeper topic from a different perspective level please let me know okay I talked about two things about two players I'm going to give you a dive in today and this is not going to be the funnest conversation in the world but I pride myself on these podcasts of bringing to you guys raw. I don't hold anything back. If I got something I'm going to say, I'm just going to say it because I'm not one of those people that beat around the, the proverbial bush. I'm just going to say it with my chest, right? Keep it a buck. Keep 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 it a bill, keep it a hundred, right? As the kids know these days, whatever it is. Kyle Lewis. This is going to be the first matter or the first topic of order here, right? We all love Kyle Lewis. Kyle Lewis was Rookie of the Year. Uh, Granted, it was a COVID-shortened season where he hit 262, 11 home runs, 20 RBIs, 34 walks, had 71-plus strikeouts. So even though he, in his rookie year, on the pinnacle of his career so far, you know, obviously, because he's been battling injuries for almost his entire career, unfortunately, he still was striking out twice as many times as he was walking. That's a problem. We are, our mantra, our saying, our statement for our franchise is CTZ, control of the zone. Cal Lewis does a decent job of that, but as of lately, it's been abysmal. It's been horrid. It's been awful. It's not been great. Uh, I've been looking into a lot of stat cast information, and that kind of gives a deeper dive on the analytics and like exit velocities and sprint speeds to first base, right? Kyle Lewis is running slower to first base than Carlos Santana and Ty France, who legitimately can't run. And I'm not trying to throw shade. It's not what I do here. These are purely facts, right? We all love Ty France. Carlos Santana has been incredibly clutch. But the part of having Kyle Lewis in our on our 40 men on our roster is a complicated matter, right? This is this is just tough, right? This is not. I don't enjoy these these conversations. I just want to make that abundantly clear. I don't like to do these things, but when I gotta say something, I'm just gonna say it, right? And this upcoming off season, the Mariners will have a a decision to be made after the Kyle after the shortened season due to COVID that he posted that 262 average, winning Rookie of the Year. He's had a very unlucky career, battling knee issues left and right. The question can now becomes: Can Kyle Lewis ever become right? Forty man roster spots are going to be become a crucial spot for protecting our top prospects who will become eligible for the rule five draft in the upcoming years including next year lewis has all the ability to hit he knows it will come down to health and who else is coming up in the form behind him are the major underlying questions when it comes to to kyle lewis i wish and hope and pray that he's able to get right because if he can get right he can he's proven that he can hit if you can hit players pitchers like justin verlander who is an undoubted first ballot hall of famer you have a destination and a proven worth in the league that you deserve to be here. Not going to take that away from him at all. But it's been very sad to see what's happened to Kyle Lewis. He's a great guy. Everybody respects the heck out of him inside the locker room. He's 
just he's good to the fans. He's great with radio people. He's good to the media overall. He's not. He's. I'm not saying putting painting a light there. You know, put him in a in a projection where he's a bad person. He's anything but that. He's a really good guy. But just because you're a good guy does not mean you have a part on a spot of this roster. This Mariners team is a playoff contending team right now. For the first time, and I couldn't even tell you how many years, I can't even remember back to the point when the Mariners were in an actual playoff conversation in the month of August, besides for it being a pipe dream joke, right? Maybe like when we had Mitch Hanniger and Nelson Cruz and Robinson Cano, Kyle Seeger in the good old days, right? That's a long time ago. But roster man spots are not given anymore. We've seen that in the last couple of weeks or the last couple of months. You either perform or you step aside. And it's nothing personal. This is a business. Nothing it is differently with the NFL, NHL, NBA. Uh, it's you either perform or you step or you step aside to somebody who can fill your spot, who can perform. This is not a personal. Uh, you know, this isn't a personal attack on. Kyle. This is just a gravity of the situation and looking at this from a thirty thousand feet perspective, which is what I try to do the best on with these podcasts. Right. The second player I'm gonna give a dive in today is Jared Kelnick. When the Mariners acquired Jared Kelnick as the main piece in the Edwin Diaz of Robinson Cano trade with the New York Mets, he had the most tremendous hype behind him the Mariners had seen in prospects in many, many years. Videos were showing up with him hitting frisbees with baseballs hitting it off of a tee. It seemed like something that was out of almost like a video game. MVP Baseball 2005, for those who have played it, you remember the infamous ramps and, and the home run derbies and all, all that good jazz. The New York quote state of mind as stated in the song has done nothing but negative things for Jared Koenig. The quote smell you later comments with Mike Salk on the radio with a brash uh, mindset at first people seem to be attracted to. They like the overall moxie, the, the cockiness he came with, the amount of confidence that he was bringing to this franchise was quite desperately at the time needed to, to come. But overall when he came up with the big leagues for the first time he struggled to a tune of 0 for 46. He had to be set down to, quote, get right. Once he returned for the second run with the big league roster, he started to show signs of promise. The series at Kansas City with it was a fantastic showing of his true natural hitting power and the ability to hit to all parts of, of the baseball field. He held up the, the belief sign, believing and truly knowing that he was a part of the team that could push for a playoff contention for the first time in 20 years at that given season and time. We as the whole crowd, as the fan base, as the Emerald City faithful, drank this Kool-Aid by the gallons. Jared Kelnick, Jared Kelnick, Jared Kelnick. During last year's offseason and the lockout, Jared Kelnick admitted during Mike Salk uh, interview that he, quote, needed to take a break away from baseball. He said that he, uh, he was getting too much in his mind. He was unable to focus on the ins and outs of his every everyday life because all he was focused on was figuring out why he wasn't competing at the level that he wanted to play at and contend with. He took up weightlifting with Mark McGuire in the offseason, taking his advice from multiple long conversations. He started this season on another funk hitting streak, chasing off speed pitches, missing hittable fastballs, showing frustration nearly every at bat, screaming out in rage, throwing his bat, having temper tantrums, hearing clear profanities on the uh, speaker for Root Sports on a nightly basis, became a bit of an eyesore and an earsore on the administration, and Jerry as well. This is when Jerry sent him down again, stating that Jerry Kalanick needed to, quote, relax and learn to enjoy the game of baseball again. Cut down on, on, on strikeouts, increased the walk rate, 
and just enjoy life and enjoy the game that he's playing, learning and understanding as Julio Rodriguez has as a, as a young age that this is a game and this is something you should do for fun. This is not something that you need to be so, you know, uh, I'm looking for a correct term here, maybe like tightly knit or, you know, tightly woven or strung up or whatever the term is, right? Tightly bound. There, there, there we go. He was then recalled fairly recently, obviously due to the roster spot of injury due to Julio Rodriguez. They needed somebody who could fill the, the center field gap. Well, unfortunately, we've seen Jared Kelnick change batting stances, hand placement, foot placement. Every attempt seemed to be a try and get him, quote, right attempt. Maybe, just maybe, Jared Kelnick needs to do less than do more. Perhaps... Watching the film in Kansas City, going back to your roots, watching what you did in the pinnacle of your young career, can maybe flick on the light bulb that Jared Kelenic has been looking for, looking for the light switch to finally flick on like it has for a young Julio Rodriguez. And we're seeing signs from Cal Raleigh, who's having a, a very, you know, looking for the correct term here, a promising uprising season from Cal Raleigh. Maybe Jared Kalanick just needs to uh, work out with Julio in the off season. Learn that that pure joy and love for baseball can just awaken the player that Jared Kalanick has always had and still has the ability to become. This is something I've been working on uh, for the last couple of days is these this dive into Jared Kalanick and Kyle Lewis. Um, we all want Jared Kalanick and Kyle Lewis to, you know, they, we want them to thrive. We want them to have a successful career. But in order for that to happen, they need to... I don't want to use the term get right, but it's just the term I'm going to use just to get right. Because clearly, if you're not right, you're wrong. And if you're wrong and you're off, it's visible to everyone. And all you're doing is holding back your team with, you know, somebody like, for an example, Sam Haggerty came up as the replacement for Dylan Moore, right? We, we all saw this. But Sam Haggerty didn't just come up to replace or just to fill in. He came in to replace him on the roster and outperform him and earn his job and earn his playing opportunities. And that's what we need to see from players like Kyle Lewis and Jared Kelnick in the upcoming season. The thing is, when it comes to Kyle Lewis, is that I don't anticipate him being with the roster next season. Kyle Lewis will be 27, nearly 28 years old at that point. Uh, when you have this many in the list of injuries, it's going to be difficult for the team to justify a 40-man roster spot when you're going to have prospects like Bryce Miller, Taylor Dollar to protect from the Rule 5 draft. We will see what happens when it comes to that in the upcoming offseason. And, uh, man, I got a couple of takeaways, and then we're going to hop into Seahawks here for you guys. Um, obviously, night before last, the pitching marvel that it was between Garrett Cole and Luis Castillo was just something of a different world, a different light, a different atmosphere, a different time. This was October baseball, and I haven't seen an October baseball game in years. It's It was a true treat, a masterpiece to watch. Cole going seven innings pitched, four hits, no walks, eight strikeouts. Castillo matching him with eight innings pitched, three hits, two walks, seven strikeouts, now posting a 1.84 ERA. Now you're hearing about Yankee Radio uh, just going nuts right now, saying, why can't we go get, why didn't we get Castillo? Why did we sell for, uh, oh man, uh, Frankie Montas, right? Well, the Mariners beat you to the punch. They had better prospects. They got more aggressive. They said we're going for it. We're not waiting for the teams like the Dodgers, the Yankees, uh, the Padres, the Jumpus. We want to get the, the, these players, right? And the bullpen 
has been just something out of like a fantasy baseball league, right? Andres Munoz, one inning pitched, three strikeouts. Seawald, one inning pitched, strikeout. Festa, inning pitched, no walks, no hits, no allowed runs. Brash, who who won the game, two innings pitched, no hits, two walks, three Ks. Player of the game yesterday for me was Matt Brash. Really just, he's proving that he deserves to be on this roster spot, on this overall bullpen. Having... A bullpen of nothing but righties is not a detriment to this team whatsoever due to the fact they don't have any lefties. But when you have righties that are pitching so well to lefties, you do not need a lefty specialist, as I've seen multiple times on the current conversations on Twitter. A lot of people are confused and worried that the Mariners don't have a lefty pitcher in their bullpen. You don't need one. When you have as many right-handed pitchers that pitch that well to lefties, you do not need a lefty specialist. Luis Torrens obviously had the walk-off single. Has come up clutch as of late. I still don't see how he's going to stay on this roster unless nobody claims him. But I don't see how a team like maybe a Milwaukee, a Pittsburgh, Cincinnati wouldn't claim him. Uh, Tyler Stevenson for the Reds, one of the top pitching uh, catching prospects, has been out with shoulder collarbone surgery. So if they do release him, I imagine he will get picked up fairly quickly. But uh, it's been a heck of a ride this last couple of weeks for the Mariners. Um... I can't even put it into two words what it feels like to be watching these games and feeling like for the first time in my entire life that these Mariners have a actual legitimate chance to make the playoffs. And we're gonna it's going to be on the backs of our defense and our starting pitching and Tommy offense. Mitch Hanger coming back has been absolutely incredible. Julio, like I said, is due to return tomorrow uh, in the game versus uh, Texas. And I can't wait for it because when we get the full lineup in here, it's going to be something to watch. And I can't wait to see what happens after that and what it becomes for the rest of the season towards the playoff push. Seattle Seahawks, I got a fair amount of stuff for you guys for, for Hawks today. Um, first of all, obviously, as I announced earlier, Geno Smith will start uh, preseason game number one versus Pittsburgh. Uh, safety Ryan Neal may be a PUP, physically unable to perform candidate due to a high ankle sprain. He has been in a walking boot for the last couple of days. Um, there has been no further updates on him as of lately, but uh, this is giving an opportunity for other safeties undrafted or camp invites. Josh Jones is making a great run out of it right now. He has a lot of playing time with him and Jamal Adams and Quandre Diggs. Also, Bubba Bolden, undrafted rookie out of Miami, is making a lot of plays and making uh, some heads turn right now, which is what you got to do, especially as an undrafted rookie. Quarterback Artie Burns in yesterday's practice tweaked his groin in a one-on-one -on -one drill. Uh, no further information has been brought upon that, but now our quarterbacks are looking a little bit thin. Uh, another practice without Deskridge. This is becoming a problem, but player uh, who's been capitalizing, like I said, it's been like the theme of these takeaways so far today, has been who's capitalizing on the opportunity to make up for lost time when other guys are hurt. Somebody will step up in their place. You know, Pete always talks about next man up, next man up, next man up. Well, this is the next man here. Cody Thompson is having one hell of a camp. I do see him making the roster. Um, he probably could push up Penny Hart. Uh, I mean, Penny Hart's been a good player. Nothing. He's been a pretty good special teams player. But when you guys like have uh, Jarek Young also, who's been having a one of the most unsung best camps among young players, without a doubt, has been Jarek Young. His run blocking is second to none. He's a big physical presence. He runs well after uh, after the catch. Uh, good athleticism, good savviness when it comes to uh, seeing the holes and loops inside the defense, something that very well like Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams. Uh, a lot of the best receivers do really well in the league is just having like zone recognition and just kind of realizing if you can sit in a flat of a zone in between two versus post all the way up, 
take the eight in the yards, maybe make eight in a 12 or eight in a 15 or 17 yards, or maybe even Steven eight yards. But doing something like that is so critical for young guys to make this roster. And I'm impressed with what he's been able to do so far in camp. Sidney Jones continues to go through the, the concussion protocol. Unfortunately, there hasn't been a whole lot of information or updates on him. They're keeping him pretty quiet. Um, I anticipate we'll probably hear something by the end of the week at the, at the latest. Uh, LJ Collier is dealing with a little bit of an elbow injury he sustained during the mock game on Saturday. Uh, I don't know what the extent of that is right now. They just said he was a little, had a little elbow injury. Pete's pretty good about keeping that under wraps. So we'll see what happens when that comes further to fruition and more information becomes brought to light. Jordan Brooks is back on the field for walkthroughs after missing the last few days with a hamstring issue. Um, it doesn't sound overly serious. They just want to keep him and give him some veteran rest days and see how he responded to the, to the time off. Cornerback Trey Brown is due to return back to practice here fairly soon. As far as what that timeline means and how long it'll be before he gets back onto the roster, nobody really knows. He's coming off of that uh, patellar tendon issue injury, the tear, which is one of the hardest injuries to come back from. He is running on flat ground, uh, not running at full speed, but he is running, which is a very positive sign, especially when you're coming back from an injury as, as uh, due to the fact that Trey Brown is a really good cornerback. He would immediately slot in as a starter for us as he's kind of got that DJ Reed build, 5'10", Oklahoma guy, super scrappy, doesn't take crap from, from anybody. I love his tenacity and between him and having guys like a Tariq Woolen who continues to turn heads every single day at practice. Um... Kobe Bryant continues to do Kobe Bryant-like things, breaking up uh, passes and all that good jazz. It's been a really positive camp for the young kids, and I love to see it, especially for the fact that they're capitalizing on opportune uh, times and just opportunities and moments to make memories, which is what Pete's looking for out of these young kids, and we had from our 2012 draft class, which is what this draft class is starting to become. Obviously, we draft a franchise quarterback in Russell Wilson, uh, Richard Sherman in that draft, Bobby Wagner, three Hall of Famers in one draft. That's a, it's an all-time draft class, so it's going to be hard to match that, but that's something that I'm looking at on the upcoming uh, podcast is doing a deep dive on this overall draft class and how they're performing as of late and what their projections are for the upcoming regular season. Pete Carroll made comments about yesterday's practice raving about Phil Haynes, stating that Phil Haynes is pushing both Damian Lewis and Gabe Jackson for a starting guard spot. He stated that he is a starter quality in the NFL, which is a bonus thing to have, especially if you're going to run packages with six offensive linemen. Uh, his intelligence, his strength, his ability to move for how big he is as a man. Uh, this is like a sixth round draft pick out of Wake Forest years ago, and he's just continued to get better and better as he gets uh, more comfortable in the scheme. And he seems like under the uh, program of Andy Dickerson and uh, Shane Waldron, he's really performing well. And uh, Damian Lewis apparently having a nice sophomore bounce back area, uh, excuse me, a junior bounce back year, which usually happens during the sophomore years for most players. But he had a down year last year due to a bunch of injuries and switching a position he's never really played. In college, he was strictly a left guard and he went to right guard, or excuse me, he was a right guard and went to left when he was at LSU. Marquise Goodwin uh, hauled in a nice 30-yard touchdown pass yesterday from Geno Smith, who had three total touchdowns in practice yesterday. Had a good day of bounce back for Geno, uh, which is what he desperately needed after the fact that Drew Locke outplayed him during the mock scrimmage game. But overall, um, Geno Smith obviously still is in the lead for the quarterback competition. Drew just continues to do Drew-like things, has ups and downs, uh, fairly consistent, but Geno is by far still the number one quarterback when it comes to the to the competition, and we'll see how that uh, plays out during the first preseason game this weekend. I cannot wait to have some takeaways for you guys. Daryl Taylor 
is simply a man amongst boys at training camp this year. It's not even a doubt, not even a question. Daryl Taylor is bowling past every single lineman at every single opportunity. He's, his energy is just different than any other player on the field right now. Him and DK Metcalf have been getting into it constantly, which I love because that means that you got that true nasty fire, which is what this team, when we're playing at our best, has. Is when we're nasty, we're fiery, we have a big chip on our shoulder. You know, everybody you know wrote us off. Uh, a lot of people have been talking about on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook about how FanDuel rated the Mariners, or excuse me, the Seahawks for having the th- worst overall roster in football. Over like uh, worse than like teams like the Texans, uh, the Bears, stuff like that, which is a joke, um, obviously because you know the Houston Texans are by far the worst team in football. Not to throw any shade at the Houston Texans, but that's just a matter of fact. Um, but uh, we're gonna see what happens when we get actual playoff action or real game action. Excuse me, I got the playoffs on the mind, obviously, as you can tell. But uh, Seahawks are gonna have a great opportunity to see who performs well at the first game on the regular of uh, preseason. This Saturday uh, versus Pittsburgh. I think it's an absolute joke that the Seahawks have to travel all the way to freaking Pittsburgh to play for a preseason game. Considering we have to go to Munich. And we're uh, traveling by far the most miles of any team in the NFL. Thanks again, NFL, for screwing us on the schedule. Appreciate that. Seems like any team from the, from the Pacific Northwest just always gets a short end of the stick when it comes down to overall scheduling. And it just grinds my gears. And there's... Uh, no real more conversation on that because I'm trying to keep it clean. And if I talk anywhere about this, I'm not going to. Cornerback Mike Jackson has been uh, playing a lot in the replacement of Artie Burns and Sidney Jones due to the fact those guys are a little banged up right now. He is pushing for a roster spot on a starting on the starting team right now. He's in the middle of everything when it comes down to pass breakups uh, and just... Playing sticky, nasty, tenacious corner football, which is what Pete Carroll wants. It's what he raves about. Was what he looks for in corners. He wants sticky. He wants nasty. He wants long arms. He wants you to be in the middle of everything. He wants you to be a disruptor, be annoying, be a little gnat, all that good stuff. And the only roster move I have for you guys, and I will have a new updated one tomorrow after today's practice. Uh, cornerback Jamison Houston was signed uh, as a uh, due, just due to the cornerback injuries in depth right now. They waived offensive lineman Keenan Forbes to make room for him on, on the 90 man. As far as I know, uh, roster cuts or the first set of roster cuts from 90 down will be happening on Tuesday after this preseason game. And uh, with that being said, that's what I got for you guys today. If you guys enjoyed the podcast, the content, and the overall conversation, please subscribe, leave a rating. Again, this podcast is free and available on all platforms. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Samsung Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Index, much, much more. Um, hope the Mariners can have a good game tomorrow, get some good rest. Hopefully Julio is able to uh, come back and get the J-Rod show back in the center field. Uh, Seahawks get on the practice field today, see what happens at practice. Go Mariners, see us rise, and uh, go Hawks.